It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Welcome everybody back to the Believe in NXT podcast. It is I, one half of the podcast tag team champions, your co-host for this venture, Jacob DeLawrence. And like always, I have my boy Cedric Welton, Ryan Shotgun with me. And you know, Ced, I'm a little mad. A little, little mad today to start off the pod. A little mad. Okay, we got to flesh that out. What, what's, what's got you upset? All right, so we told you guys on Wednesday's episode that we had something special coming for you, that we were going back to the corner. So we'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag. Monday's episode, we sit down with the other half of the Corner Podcast, Kel Dansby, the human hot take machine. And you know how we do our intro where every week, every episode I come in here and say I'm one half of the podcast tag team champs. Just saying that right then reminded me that Kel was like, oh, y'all call yourself the podcast tag team champs. That's cute. You know, we'll let y'all have the belts. I'm a little bothered by that now. You know what? Now that you, now that you I, I, I tried to let that go. And now that you bring it back, it's like, uh, he, he came on this platform and, 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 and totally said that. And it's like, he basically insinuated that he wanted to smoke. Yeah, in our house. And he put his feet on our couch. We invited this man in out of the kindness of our hearts. And he just put his feet all on my couch, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, you know what? We, we 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 allowed that to happen on platform, but we we want we want like we like we always said we always want to smoke, good, bad, or indifferent. So, like you said, invite us to the corner, any corner, and we can handle we can handle that. Exactly, exactly. So, Kel, Andreas, if you guys are listening, just let us. You know, we brought you here. We'll even bring you back as a duo. But you know, just invite us on one day. If you can't get both of us, one of us will gladly go on behalf. I can defend these tag titles in a handicap match. So can my partner. That's why we do the podcast tag team champs. Yeah. And ain't no slacking over here. Won't, won't, won't catch us, won't catch us uh, lacking in these streets. Exactly. Not, not one bit. Exactly, man. We, we want the smoke. Like, tell you, the merch is coming. We want the smoke. It's coming. And uh, in case you guys just, you know, want to follow us and so you can see us talking and tweet about wanting the smoke, I am at underscore J Della. Said is at said underscore says that is C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. Of course, follow the official Twitter account for the show, which is at Believe in NXT, just like the podcast name, all one word, nice and simple. We like continuity over here, baby. No need to make it more difficult than necessary. And of course, follow Believe Podcast. That's at Believe Podcast. Believe is spelled B-L-E-A-V. Podcast, all one word. And yes, Monday's episode, Kel Dansby will come through. The man 
brought the hot takes with him. He brought a bunch of gems. He got did. a couple stories out of them. Got a real spicy hot take about Nas being the Undertaker that you guys just have to listen to to believe for yourself. Oh, I was trying to forget that. Yeah, <sighs> I know. I was trying to forget that one. That's, that's Monday's episode, though. This is your Saturday morning audio dope with your podcast tag team champs, the undisputed and reigning and defending podcast tag team champs. And said, how you doing today, man? I'm doing solid, man. I'm back in the same spot again. I had, had a little, I actually got to leave this spot for a little bit. Just came back from the mountains, back safe and sound to give you guys this beautiful content from a pretty stacked NXT show this week. And I think I know why. Um, it's because we got a show happening in a stadium uh, Saturday, tonight. Tonight, yes. That they are charging 50 bucks for in the middle bucks of the we pandemic. Don't got. Yeah, I tweeted two of the masterminds behind that other venture. I was just seeing if they would respond since they tend to like take fan questions randomly. No response. I, it's, I feel like it's a fair question. Why are you charging me 50? Make it 20. And I'll buy it. That's impulse buy. Real talk. Impulse buys happen a lot when you're stuck in the house. Exactly. Or you could throw it on the app for free or turn it. But, you know, that's that other show on Wednesday nights. You know, maybe Believe will give us a show to talk about that show. What we're here to talk about, like you said, is that jam-packed episode of NXT. Because not only did you kind of have to pull some eyes away from the other show, for those of you that care about numbers and care about ratings which we talked about with Kel and we've always always made mentions of that like it doesn't matter as long as the product is good and interesting from week to week it makes sense numbers are you know more or less numbers and a lot of people are at home you get burnt out from media consumption being home more most people are without jobs so you know it's kind of hard to judge a number right now I agree with that but yeah. couldn't have said that better we got a jam-packed episode of NXT. We have something to build towards, which is TakeOver in Your House, which, again, is two weeks from Sunday, June 6th. And they got to go big, man. If you're bringing back this, what everybody's saying, fan favorite pay-per-view from the past, just an awesome nostalgia kick, man. And the card shaped up this Wednesday. A lot of the matches were announced. You can, some of them are pretty much telegraphed that you'll finally get announcements from next week, but it's shaping up to be really good. And as you know, takeovers don't miss. So I, we see that they're pulling out all the stops. Yep, and I'm sorry, June 7th, not the 6th. And yeah, they're pulling out all the stops. <clears throat> and speaking of pulling out all the stops, let's just go ahead and hop right in NXT. Killer Cross comes out. We don't get the normal NXT opening package. We go right to that intro. And he makes quick work of another jobber. And this was, is this a newcomer to the Black Jobber Elite? Like, he, does hey, he man, have potential? We got four now. We got four now. And I didn't get the full name. I, I, I Maybe it was uh, Gray, the last name, but we know his name was Liam. And he didn't do much. He was up out of there after a few uh, seismic tosses, suplexes. Some some impressive moves from Cross for a man of his stature with the uh, Northern Lights suplex and roll-through. Um, didn't know he had that in his arsenal. But this was a match where Cross could pretty much flex his dominance some more. But it's the end of the match that really set things off. Yeah, and, you know, let's not put Liam in the Black Jobber Elite yet. He just got here, okay? To Hootie Miles, a.k.a. Mr. Pickstitch, a.k.a. Mr. Brunch. 
uh, Pookie from New Jack, aka Leon Ruff, mm-hmm. and the Black Steiner brother, aka um, Denzel Desjardins. Thank you. They've earned their spot here. They put their work in mm-hmm. on Raw and NXT. They've earned their spot during quarantine as the official three-man Black Jobber League. And if I see this on a T-shirt on Twitter, I'm coming for you. The C and D yeah. is coming. That got that got coined here, man. Like. <laughs> Give us our credit. So, yeah, let's not put Liam in it yet. You know, he got to be around for a little bit longer, see exactly if he can get a little offense in. Maybe not on Killer Cross, but, you know, we, we got to give him some time. He has potential to join the Black Jobber Elite. That's fair. I'll give you that. That's, that, that's fair. You know, we, we see him uh, right here on NXT or even taking a spot on Raw these next few weeks, then he earns his keep. But it will be something if we have a fourth member. Exactly. So pull them for you, Liam. Exactly. Don't mess this up, man. We 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 here to corner the jobber market. Don't think yeah. it's ever been done before. Nah, it hadn't. But yeah, you talked about the interesting thing was what happened at the end, and Daddy's home again. There's something about Champa's music that when it hits, like it, it's nothing like it, man. So that was just perfect timing. Um, so we're going to get Ciampa taking on Cross in your house. He came out and was actually very impressed by Cross taking out the quote-unquote uh, the face of NXT's brand. Um, but one thing Ciampa wanted to let Cross know is that you're special, so am I. So this this train wreck is going to happen at in your house. And the one thing that stood out to me is like, it, it was kind of like when we, that I want to say that two to three weeks that we actually saw Gargano and Ciampa on the main roster. Um, mm-hmm. Cross is substantially bigger than Tommaso Ciampa. Yes, this is true. So, I mean, this this match feels like it's going to be more of a fight. Predictions aside, it's going to be a banger. Um, but this, this definitely just seems like something – do you feel like this is something they can flesh out for the summer or is it going to be like a one and done? Yeah, it's definitely going to be more of a fight. But also, here's the thing. I think we've kind of forgotten exactly how good Choppa really is in the ring. Like, Fair. Choppa can go. And for those that might not be feel familiar with Killer Cross or as they're calling him, Carrying Cross, the big man can go. I suggest you go check some of his clips from the Independence, some of his time and impact. And I have a personal clip. Like, if you really want to see what Cross can do, there's a clip from Impact, which you'll enjoy this one, where Cross smashes a cinder block upside the head of the now known as Cameron Grimes, formerly known as Trevor Lee. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like this match will has potential to steal the show, and we'll get into that with our TakeOver preview in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it will either be a knockdown, drag out brawl, or it's going to be one hell of a wrestling match. But here's my question How much offense do you think Ciampa is going to get in? That's where I'm kind of torn is because it's, let's say this is, this will be Cross's first like real match um, in the brand. And do you really minimize Ciampa like that by making it a gentleman squash I don't think you can do that 
I think you got to have Champa. Oh, man, without without saying how much offense, I think this at least got to go ten to fifteen. Like, do you? Yeah, do you showcase Champa as being able to push him? Like, there's a lot of a lot of ways you could go with this. And, you know, time will tell. And it'll also be telling of exactly how high on cross they are. And we talked about this with Kel, which you guys will hear Monday. We've kind of talked about this with Andreas as well. And I think we even may have mentioned it with Jeff. But um, they gave the man a million-dollar entrance. Yep. He has his hot wife, girlfriend with him. They haven't separated him. They didn't change her name. They just dropped her last name. Like, everything just screams money and that they're going to put the rocket to his back. It just becomes, okay, can we do this in a way where we don't damage one of our stars of the brand? But also, you have to kind of think, Choppa is kind of Teflon and made right now. Like, he's a made man. Yeah. So if they, so you're saying if they do this to Chompa, well, if if they do Chompa how we would assume, it doesn't hurt them then. Right. And it also gives you legs. You can run it back. For all we know, Chompa could be coming out and the cross could come out of nowhere and just like nerf him, blast him, beat him down outside, throw him in a ring. The match goes for like another five minutes or so after that, and then Cross gets to win, and Champa has a legit right to run it back. Okay, I can see that. So yeah. it definitely has to be in multiple ways. You can flesh it out for sure. Oh yeah, I don't it, think it, this is a one-off. It's one of those things. It's a few that can um, definitely continue to to grasp audiences and fans while we're at home. I mean, you want to make Cross a star. He has a perfect dance partner. And I think you got to let Ciampa get some of his licks in, man, at some point. Yeah, yeah. Because Ciampa's on a bit of a losing streak, if we're going to keep it honest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens and comes from it. Have to. But speaking of things that are happening and coming from them and also kind of in regards to NXT TakeOver in your house, we have up next Phantasma, not Phantasma. Yes, Phantasma. Took on Akira Tozawa. And Tozawa took an L because he didn't show up on Raw to catch a fade this week. Exactly what it was. That was exactly what it was. And we called it. We called it on the preview show. We were like, you know what? Something's off. You know, I didn't see Tazawa take an L to, like, one of Zelina Vega's stable mates. So this must mean – or, sorry, pick up a victory. Um, so this must mean that he's destined to lose in the tournament. And lo and behold, Phantasm picks up a win, uh, becomes the leader of his group. Wins his group. Oh, he won his group. Okay. Yeah. So he, which was that's a shocker. I I would say that's a shocker because they've been pushing Tazawa to the moon in this tournament. Yeah, but didn't I tell you that they brought in Fantasma? They gave him that nice little promo 
before anybody else got a promo for the tournament. That's true. And I was like, you don't bring in this brand new shiny toy that you've had because of injury and everything else. You it's just really not now that shiny are of a toy. getting to play with this is to like, have him lose. It's like an equivalent of a lump of coal. Wow. Wow. No, it's not that shiny at all. Wow. Wow. That's all I got. Like, wow. It really is, man. It's like it, it, this has not – he has not excited me outside of the obvious invasion angle. Outside of him almost being kidnapped for about the past three weeks. Yes. That is exhilarating to me. I don't know why. It is exhilarating. Y'all hear this, man? Man only gets decided to see Phantasm on his TV when there's a possibility he might get kidnapped. Is that the worst thing that could happen? I mean, maybe it is, you know, but it's been interesting every single week. And and don't, don't, don't kill the messenger. (laughs) I'm just letting you know what keeps me sports entertained. And so far, uh, Phantasm's matches have not done it for me. If they've done it for you, then cool. But I'm just saying, in my opinion, um, this angle that we're doing is a lot more entertaining. All right. I'm going to let you cook. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to let you cook. I'm going to let you have it. I ain't even going to say nothing. I ain't going to do you dirty. I'm going to let you have it. (laughs) We're not entertained by Tazawa and Fantasma, though. Did you not feel like that was a quality match? It was a quality match. I think that was the one one match. And I think Phantasm changes uh, his look up a little bit this week. Yeah, he just um, went with the traditional trunks instead of the long tights. Right. So that was something that was noticeable off the back. Um, but I was really impressed with Tazawa in this match. Definitely impressed by Tazawa. And I can see why they've been giving him the wins. Um, Phantasm, like you said, is the winner of his group. I think Tazawa was probably the best dance partner he had to kind of showcase what he can do. There were a couple of spots that I was really impressed with. So now it's just left to see, like, who he's going to actually face and from from the opposite group. Yeah, which we can go ahead and just jump right to that match since we're here talking about the Cruiserweights. <sighs> Your boy, Drake Maverick, knocked off Kushida. Yep, and that's exactly how, what I wanted to happen. I wanted um, I wanted to see something different, man, and it was beautiful. I think it was a great match. Kushida doing all the usual things he does in the ring, targeting that armbar, and it's just poetry in motion how Drake just gets the roll-up. So not too flashy of a win, not very convincing, but Kushida just wouldn't let go of the arm, got rolled up. What was interesting, in that, and I think this is something that I want to um, highlight here, is what is going on with uh, Jake Atlas being like the super fanboy of Drake Maverick? And what's the end game there? It's so odd. Well, the thing with Atlas, I'm assuming in the way they've framed it, is that he is like he's sad for Maverick. Like he appreciates Maverick and what Maverick has done in his career and he feels bad that Maverick is without his job. Because I think he pretty much said that like right before their first match, he was like, you know, I get it. This is an emotional time for you. 
you just got released, you know, this is the chance to like keep your job, prove your worth, or, you know, help you possibly secure another job. But it was like, you know, just so you know, this is also a chance of a lifetime for me. So I'm going to go out here and do what I have to do. That That's what I got. And then it becomes, okay, I beat Drake Maverick and now, but I lost to Kushida. So now I have to root for Maverick to create a three-way two-in-one tie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel bad for you. I kind of like you and respect you, but now I have a vested interest in you because I need you to win so I have a chance. Yep, that's that's kind of what's going on. So now, after Drake Maverick wins, we have this triple threat of baby faces, if you would. I don't know, man. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. And I feel like it's going to be on the Maverick – sorry, on the Atlas front where he does something – I don't want to call it dastardly, but he probably shows his true colors. And he screws Drake Maverick somehow. Yeah. And and it was suck. I mean, we've been wondering in the past few weeks, is this something where um, Drake has another contract? Is he – going to be coming back to the company and that's something that can get <clears throat> kind of murky because we want to know how that gets fleshed out if um in case that he does have uh, a one-off feud with atlas yeah i was just going to say you know remember when certain people would be on their way out they would usually WWE has this habit of sending you out on your back, which is the old school style of wrestling that if you leave the territory, you do the favor. Mm, Yeah. And it also, if you decide to come back, I have a built in angle already. Like I don't necessarily have to go with it, but also don't have to work hard to find something because I have it already. True. So let's say, that your theory is right that Atlas like catches Maverick with a low blow and rolls him up one, two, three or something. Something dastardly. And then we don't see Drake Maverick anymore. Like he was released. He competed in the tournament. He failed. And then let's just say we bring back Drake Maverick in six to eight months. Business gets back to normal. Things are looking good. And you're like, you know what, Drake? You're you're a great hand as a character and as a wrestler, let's bring you back. And let's just say Atlas wins the tourney and Atlas is either in a feud with Devlin still. Yeah. Atlas is in a feud with Devlin. You bring Drake Maverick back. You have Maverick pop up on NXT TV in the title match between Devlin and Atlas. And you have Maverick screw Atlas. And then you pick right back up where you left off. Okay. So there you go kind of pays off everything it kind of lessens the cheap and uneasy feeling about using Maverick's release in this story angle long term storytelling gives you something to go back to and if not if you don't bring Drake Maverick back then hey you can just say Atlas was the one that sent Maverick packing I feel that So there we go. But here's my question. 
the way WWE explained it, and it's on their website when you look at the Cruiserweight tournament, they said that the winner is the person with the best record, right? Right. And that all ties will be broken by head-to-head. So in the case of Group B, Tozawa, Phantasma were both 2-1. and one. Phantasma beat Tozawa head-to-head, so that gives him the nod. If you look at Group A, Maverick, Atlas, and Kushida are all 2-1. and one. Maverick beat Kushida. Kushida beat Atlas. Atlas beat Maverick. I guess that's how you get to the triple threat because you can't be like, oh, well, you know, they both beat this one person or anything. So I guess that's how you end up with the triple threat and make it make sense. But I'm just saying, man, it just feels like you're trying to string this out a little bit. Yeah, it does. It does. Would, of these three guys, and Devlin, I forget, Devlin tweeted something uh, that was kind of bars. He was saying, like, these guys are the three guys that can't get out of the, their group or the tournament. Um, going back to your shiny new toy reference, who who's the best of these three to take on Phantasma? Um... Let's see. I feel like Kushida wrestles a similar style to Tozawa, just not as physical. Mm-hmm. Atlas, Atlas will probably be your best bet if you want something high flying and flippy. And flippy. If you wanna, if you want your flippy shit, and you want to be impressed, or sports entertained by Phantasma. And see Phantasma as an actual luchador, that might be your best match. Okay. So you're going the Atlas route. And I'm guessing from that standpoint, you would have Phantasma go over Atlas. Um, yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we'll put Phantasma over Atlas. And then you can have Devlin just go full hill and just, you know, you don't even speak English, basically, if we want to go that route. Right. So, yeah. That makes sense. You know, there's, yeah, there's a number of ways they can do that, man. Um, I think it just makes sense. Um I think, like I said, I've been saying it for the past few weeks. I think the most intriguing storyline, however they want to do it, is Drake Maverick somehow winning this tournament. Because it'll it's the tugs at the heartstrings, and ultimately when he fight faces Devlin and Devlin just squashes him, Devlin is who we thought he was the whole time. Yeah. You're right. That's probably like that'll get the most heat on Devlin. Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. Makes sense. So we get a triple threat match next week amongst them with the winner likely going to take over to face Phantasma. And you're saying 
that you have Maverick winning the interim title. <laughs> then the problem is, how do you keep Maverick busy while you wait? Uh, I would say the same way you kept him busy when he was doing the uh, the 24-7 title stuff. That same way. Promos from, from home and whatnot and uh, running around, letting anybody who will listen know that you're the champion. I think that right there alone is, is gold. All right. I think I think what the quarantine has shown me more than anything is that uh, that Drake Maverick, it just know he he knows the social media game. He knows how to keep people's attention while we're at home. Yeah, yeah. You're right, but I still think that that actual video was like a legit reaction and feeling. You don't think he was able to pull it off just acting-wise? I'm not doubting it, but I'm just saying that just felt like too honest. Okay. But, hey, I could be wrong. We could all be getting worked here. Certainly could. I would say WWE is a shitty company. If they want to work somebody, work the fans over during a time like this by using somebody's release, given the climate of everything. But, hey, you know what? Vince has done worse. Certainly has. Certainly has. So, yeah. And let's go ahead and just get to your favorite part of anything Phantasma related. The man was in the parking lot, just driving along, pulls up aside of Tazawa. They exchange a few words in their native language, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, good match, you know, cool, buddy, buddy, yep. And then, you know, here comes our favorite luchadors, our masked men, <laughs> I should say. Our anonymous luchadors. Just out of nowhere, just pull up. Run right up on Tazawa, start beating him to the point where Phantasma can't open his door because Akira Tazawa getting beat on by two men is a lot of weight and force that you can't push the door open. That was that was so odd, man. It was like, oh, I have to actually climb over the seat here just to get out and help you, and then the guys ran away um, right then and there. Yep, that is what like, happened. What? Come on, man. They didn't try to kidnap the man. They just basically was like, all right, screw it. We're just going to mug him in the parking lot. Right. It just didn't add up. It actually got me thinking that what if uh, – we talked about this offline. Like, what if Fantasma was behind this all along? I mean, it doesn't seem like they can kind of paint a better – it doesn't seem like you can paint a good story that way. But it would be very telling if that was the case and he's behind this all along. It would be interesting. It would really – depend upon where you go after it because you could easily make it great or you could easily fumble it. True. True. So yeah, it'd be interesting. I feel like the best bet is Phantasma has nothing to do with it. And then it just becomes, well, who on the roster isn't doing anything? Yeah, that's how it can work. I mean, 
I'm like I said, this is the most this outside of Drake Maverick. This is such an intriguing storyline because they can go so many. I, I just hope they don't drop the ball here because there's so many different things that they can actually do with this angle, or they can just totally botch it and it just be like lame. Yeah, they that, could. I, that I don't want to happen. <laughs> That'll break my heart if that happens. Well, NXT hasn't really missed on that many thought out and laid out angles. That's true. Very true. So, yeah, we give them the benefit of the doubt. But here's the real question. What are we going to get a reveal? Are we just going to let this drag out for some few more weeks. Hmm. I think we let it drag out for a few more weeks. All right. Cool. What if Phantasma wins the interim title and then gets kidnapped? Ooh, that's a different one. Then what do you do? You have no champion because one champion, your real, your quote unquote, well, no, there's no quote unquote, your real champ is stuck in the UK. And then your interim champ is in the back of a suburban. I think, spend, Mendoza. I think we spend the next few weeks trying to figure out who kidnapped him at that point. And then I would say if an interim champ gets kidnapped, I'll automatically be like, oh, it's, it's, it's Devlin. Devlin did it. But I mean, <sighs> Then, then wouldn't it, it wouldn't actually explain. Uh, it just wouldn't explain uh, the kidnappings of Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. Other than Devlin just being bored. Yeah, and that and that's how you make it go really flat. Exactly. So, or unless that whoever was behind it had a plan and Devlin just paid him off. It's like, hey, while you're at this and I see you're having a little trouble, why don't you just go ahead and kidnap this paper champion for me? Like, let me put some money in your pocket to give you a little incentive. Yeah, I don't think that's used enough on uh, WWE programming, the fact that money talks. <laughs> let me go a little million-dollar man for you. They can totally go that angle and that route with this whole thing. Either way, it's getting to the point where – and these are just basic guys that just came and attacked Tazawa and flee the scene. It's like we we gotta we gotta flesh this out because this whole lingering on of like who the hell is it? I'm not bored with it, obviously, because I still want to know. But it's gonna come to a point where it's like, how many months have we been doing this now? We started this two, pre-quarantine. Yeah, and the first two guys still haven't been seen at all. I told you they're in the back of that suburban. Like they, they, I think they have a, a strong chance of ruining this whole thing because the thing they did with, remember, remember how they kept having, uh, pretty much how they did Seth Rollins heel turn reveal and how it was like, wow, that was okay. <laughs> oh, when he I, turned his back on the shield, that one? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the most recent one when he just was in the back of the truck. Okay, they, just yeah. had, they just had the seat in the back of the truck and he just wheeled around and it's like, oh. It was Seth Rollins after all. Okay, cool. 
You don't want that to happen. Yeah, you just want it to mean something somehow. Well, speaking of meaning something, here's a match that didn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things. Mia Yim made quick work of Santana Gary, which led to a promo from your favorite power couple. Yeah, you know, um, and that sucks that we're just overseeing Santana Garrett. They actually gave her a pretty strong entrance this week, um, but the match itself was actually pretty quick. Yeah, it was no knock on Santana Garrett. It's just this match does nothing for either one. Fair. Fair enough. It's just a vehicle. Fair enough. And then, like you said, the favorite power couple – and then you get Candice and Johnny coming out. And Johnny is actually doing a very good job at this, man. Just just giving Candice the ad-lib, saying, oh, yeah, that, that, that. You got her there. And stuff like that. It makes it very entertaining. And I did not expect for Mia to actually try to attack Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so that opened my eyes a little bit, that she kicked Johnny out the ring. And then, of course, they, they crowd Mia. Keith Lee makes the save. So we talked about this on the preview. So it looks like we're headed – directly towards a mixed max tag at in your house. Do we, is this, what do I want to say? Do we want to see this in mixed match tag fashion or would you rather see it just be singles matches? All right. So talked about this with Kel, which you guys will hear. Basically my whole theory was why not, start with the one-on-one between Lee and Gargano and work back into the mix match. Right. And Kel was like, nah, you start with the mix tag match and then you let them break separately. Or if anything, you just start with Candice LeRae against Mia Yim and you let them, you let the women get their time to shine. But it'll be a good match. And we talked about how Candice LeRae is probably going to take either a pounce I don't know about a spirit bomb. Maybe a big bang catastrophe. But she's going to take something from Keith Lee in some shape, form, or fashion. I can't see that happening, dude. For the life of me, I can't see her taking one of those. And I, I know she has the history of taking the the moves and whatnot like that. I just I can't envision it. It's NXT. It's not the main roster. That's, that's the best case for it happening. That's fair. Ah, oh, man, that's tough. So you, you, you 100% believe that she is going to take a something from Keith Lee. We don't know what. Yeah, because you got to think about it. Mia Yim put her hands on Gargano, which I know it's the woman putting her hands on the man. Right. It doesn't, it's not quite the same. But Gargano then low bridged her out the ring. Yeah, which which that's that's like just brings on all the smoke right there. Yeah, which Keith Lee came out and Gargano got his little roadrunner impersonation on. No little white shoes got to moving. He got out there real fast. So it's just like I get it, and I understand your perspective on it, and I do, especially considering the climate. With everything going on, you don't necessarily want to do anything that could be, you know, taken as this or that. Yeah. So I get it, but... You want to tread lightly on those things is what I mean. 
I don't think they're going to like abuse it and just have Keith Lee just like whooping her ass for the whole match or an extended period. But like Candice runs in, or maybe because Gargano's a chicken shit heel, let's not forget this is what he is as a heel. He's an annoying one, case in point, by his roles about here giving these ad libs and layups for her to finish lines. Maybe Gargano pulls her in the way of a pounce or something. Or ducks out the way and she catches one. Okay. I can see something like that. If if it's if my thing is it has to look completely unintentional for it to go down. It won't be like, okay, um the Dudley boys putting Lita through a table type thing. It definitely won't be like that. No May Young off the off the entrance ramp through the tables? No, they definitely can't do that in 2020, man. The, the hell, the hell, they will catch. Uh, I don't uh, care if Candace is willing or not. I just, I cannot visualize a scenario where that happens. All right, so I'm a horrible person for this. Wow, I'm aware of go. this, but um, oh my god, let's just say. That a table gets set up on the outside or something. Somehow there's a table involved. So okay. you mean to tell me if Keith Lee was to pounce Candice LeRae out the ring and through a table, you wouldn't pop on your couch? The last thing somebody got knocked off an apron and onto it, I feel like that was Stephanie McMahon at WrestleMania, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's good for one of those bumps almost most WrestleManias. Um, no, but I'm talking about a pounce where he clears her over the ropes. Uh, I, I don't need to see it. That wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. So you're trying to bait me into this, but I just I just don't need to see it. Like I when I pop, I don't know if I would pop or cringe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I I just don't need to see that. Again. The question was, would you pop? Ah, to see Keith Lee pounce her outside of the ring or into it, like, and break a table. Like, either clear her over the ropes, which is very possible, because wow. he's almost not like Damian Priest out the ring and Dykakovich. So this is very possible. All right, let's say there's a table in the corner. Either way, he pounces her out the ring or pounces her through a table, because I feel like if there's going to be the violence, it's going to come in the form of a pounce. Okay. Gargano trying to duck it. Even though I'm 100% here for the Big Bang Theory. Our Big Bang Catastrophe. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't need it. I'd rather that than a spirit bomb. <sighs> I hear what you're saying. I don't know, man. I, I can do without... I can do without Candice LeRae taking any any bumps from from Keith. Oh, I I mean yes, but still, it's just bound to happen. All right, so would you be mad if Mia Yim hit hit um Soul Food or protect your neck on Gargano? No, because we already saw her start the attack. Would you be mad if Gargano hit Mia Yim with the um like DDT or something? 
hit Gargano. I wouldn't be mad if Mia Yim hit Gargano with anything. No, if Gargano hit Yim. Like I said, if, if it's going to be the, the cross-gender here, I, I think it has to look completely unintentional. So what I'm hearing is you sidestep that answer, that question one. <laughs> did I sidestep it though? Yeah, you did because I asked if Gargano hit me again with a deliberate move. Hmm. Nah, I, I don't. I don't need it. Okay, because I was going to say, would it be more? easier for you to digest because they're about the same size? No, I, I, I'm not putting Keith Lee's size in anything versus Candice LeRae. I, I just think it should, if it's going to be a mixed match challenge style, I think it, they should stick solely to the rules and then flesh the uh, feud out from there. Go mixed match challenge style. And then from there, that's when you have the singles match from that. Of course, Johnny will probably be competing for the North American. And then... Candice LeRae and um, BAM, you can even say that might be down the road. How long, however long this goes, it might even be for number one contendership. All right. Because I was going to say, if you're making the argument that it doesn't look as bad because it's Gargano and not Keith Lee, yeah, I can see that, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying, you know. And speaking of the women's division, we got a little promo from Shotzi Blackheart. Wasn't anything of consequence, more or less? It's just her standing on a tank, saying that she's coming for everybody, basically. Yeah, pretty much just putting the women's division on notice, swiftly calling out Dakota Kai and uh, Raquel Gonzalez. And for me, the tank was, uh, what did I tell you? <laughs> I, I, if, if you're gonna pull up on a tank, man, I want to see the tank shoot ammo. <laughs> Personally, I thought that would have been cool. She kind of went uh, monster truck rally with it and just ran over some smaller cars. Either here or there, uh, this was. A, I think this promo was a little bit to kind of flesh out the character of Shotzi Blackheart. She talked about her father um, introducing her, I believe, to rock and roll at a younger age. Um, so it's this, this kind of painting the character. So some character development from Shotzi Blackheart, which is something we actually need more of in a lot of these characters on NXT. Yeah, because like Sparks said, when you look at people who go to the main roster who didn't necessarily have the best run in NXT, yeah. but they're getting over, what's the difference? They have character. They have a more developed character. So yeah, and character development is important. Sparks also talked about how Shotzi probably has next within the next coming year. Right. And that she is clearly over with the full sale crowd. She is. When that, with, the, with the live audience there, they eat it up. So without the live audience there, we got to keep our reminders as to who Shotzi really is. And I think that's what we're, we're doing here is making sure we keep those tea leaves around. So when the live audience gets back, it's like, all right, this is why we fell in love with Shotzi in the first place. Exactly, exactly. And then we got another promo. Just go ahead and get this other promo out the way. It'll kind of segue into things. Your boy Cameron Grimes is in a field somewhere. Here we go. And basically just bragging about how he picked up the biggest win of his career and how he beat the almighty Prince Finn Balor. 
floor is yours. I, I don't want to talk about this. All right, cool. We keep it moving. See, nice, simple, and easy. See, see, because he shouldn't have got the win. This promo <laughs> just reeks of whatever his character's supposed to be. He's in the middle of a cornfield just yucking it up, laughing up a storm about how he picked up this win against Finn and how he, he – I don't know the direction. I have no idea what the direction is. I'm not going to speak anything to existence because you guys heard Jacob on this podcast the previous two episodes give you his PWG theory, which is complete garbage. There's no way that's happening in NXT. And hopefully Cameron Grimes gets this W. He he already has it. And hopefully months from now, nothing happened as a result. We just forget about it. It just didn't happen. Just never happened? No, we're just going to treat it like it never happened. Like a Goosebumps book, you just skip to page 20, and you're like, oh, I don't like what's on page 20. Let me skip to page 25 instead, like the book said. Yeah, we just, we just, we just, we're not even going into that. We're not even going to dive into that. Not one bit. I don't want to talk. I, I don't want to know what happened. All right. Fair enough. Cool. But since you brought up my PWG theory. Wow. The next matchup was Roddy Strong taking on Dexter Loomis. And Roddy came out with the champ, Adam Cole, and a nicely dyed Bobby Fish. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. It was, it was pretty dyed and clean. Yeah, he was, he was on point. And, you know, Cole talked a little talk during Roddy's entrance. and was like, you know what? Next week, championship celebration. Because one year, baby. One year. Which is amazing that we've gone a whole year with Adam Cole being the champ. We have, man. Um, I, I want to say it's flew by, by, but Cole has definitely had some big moments over the past year. Like, huge moments that have kind of put him on the map. And you, when you think about great NXT champions now, Cole is probably at the top of that list. So, um, it's rightfully deserved, you know? I was of I was of the uh, mindset that I wanted him to take have lose the belt to Dream um, a week or so ago, and um, you know you kind of can't argue with it. Cole might be that safe zone to kind of carry the belt for a while. All right, yeah, yeah. We figure Cole carries it until you can find a way to work back in Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. Wait, you're, what about Finn Balor? I saying Cole carries the belt until you can find a way to work back in Finn Balor to the title picture. So, yeah, and uh, listeners, you're going to hear about this on our podcast with Kale. I actually don't agree with that method. I don't think that it's going to – I don't think it's going to end up being Cole versus Finn Balor. I just don't see that. I think there will be another guy they build up because I think the money is on Finn Balor building up NXT UK brand getting more eyes on that show, doing a feud with Walter, ultimately defeating Walter, and being the face of NXT UK for a number of months. See, here's the thing, and we talked about this with Sparks, so y'all can go back and check out the first episode with Sparks. It does more for Walter and NXT UK to have Finn take the L. Because I was in the mindset of, yeah, you got to let Finn be the one to knock off Walter, and then you can run it back. 
but it's like if Walter keeps thwarting Finn, it just establishes Walter as a dominant threat. And you keep Wolf with Walter in the UK. You keep Martell and Eichner over here stateside. And now you have Imperium running both parts of NXT, more or less. Okay, so you're thinking a whole <laughs> NXT brand domination angle with Imperium. Yeah, and what you do with that is it builds and sets up TakeOver War Games back to what I think they originally had planned last year, which was Imperium versus Undisputed Era. Yeah, I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see that in war games. I know we've talked about that a lot. Because the match at Worlds Collide was great. It's up for Alexander Wolf getting his head cleaned. So I mean, yeah, that's the only that, that's the only thing that took made the match kind of flat is the fact that uh, we didn't get to see it in its fruition. We, we didn't get to see the full thing. We saw Walter go absolutely apeshit which I think everybody enjoys that, but it wasn't a true four-on-four that we had hoped. Yeah, but somehow, and I said this when we reviewed Worlds Collide, and I'll say it again, and I hate to say it, it kind of worked out better that Wolf got knocked out because I don't think Walter going ballistic was in the original match plans. You might be right. Like, I think it was more of a unit thing of all of them just, like, clearing... UE out led by a Walter charge but Wolf getting knocked out and it was like you know what alright screw it call Audible on the fly let's make Walter look unstoppable and they did and they did so is the money here wait let's let's talk about this then is the money here ultimately we, we're talking about Finn Adam Cole why not just do just a straight up Walter versus Adam Cole I think you might get to that Like this like, is that's even more solid. Like if I'm gonna book this out through at least Takeover War Games, this is how I see it. <clears throat> you get through Takeover in your house, you get Velveteen. We get Velveteen out of here. Sorry, stop allegedly putting your dick in minors' DMs again. Allegedly. Well, that was uh, that was uncalled for. Okay. I- this is what it is, or else they probably would have put the belt on them. Let's just call a spade a spade here today. All right. Let, 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 I'm going to let you continue. Go ahead. So we get that out of the way. Cool. And then that puts us June, July, August. They're talks of putting SummerSlam at the first weekend of September or finding a venue that allows fans of some okay. capacity for the end of August. So basically you got three months to play with. We can get you a little interim Cameron Grimes type feud or Dexter Loomis type feud for the title. A little one-off. All right, cool. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Cole retains. Just adding to the legacy of Adam Cole. Finn finishes whatever business he has with Damian Priest or whoever. And then you get Cole Bowler take over SummerSlam weekend. Cole wins with some shenanigans. Finn wants to run it back. And then Imperium jumps Finn again, and they're like, hey, did you forget about us? Did you think we weren't like we were done with you? And then Walter shows up. So now you get Finn Walter because TakeOver, I believe it was TakeOver Dublin that was supposed to be like right around WrestleMania time. 
right. got pushed to late September, October. So you run that for that. During that time, Cole can be doing whatever in the bluest of blue hells that he wants to be doing. Because at that point, he's like, I beat Finn Balor. I did all this. Cool. Finn gets his with Walter. Walter gets Finn out of here. You're establishing Walter as a threat. In the interim, Imperium crosses paths with either, well, all this is Corona's not a significant factor. So you get Imperium against Fish and O'Reilly. They cross paths. Fish and O'Reilly, they get into it. Maybe you play a little hot potato with the belts. Or maybe you just have them run it a bunch of times. Now you have that fuse started again. Walter comes back stateside to help out, help Imperium keep the belts maybe one day. He shows up on TV randomly, big chops, fish right into the chest, big boots on rally. Imperium hits the Eurobomb, boom. And now Cole comes out like, who the hell do you think you are? And then you're right into TakeOver, 404. And if you want to run it out of TakeOver, the last takeover of the year, or you can run this to Rebel Weekend, champ versus champ. Winner takes all. Hmm. Man, it's interesting. And you know what? I just thought of this, and this is long-term story booking and telling like hell. I don't care who wins champ versus champ. You can go cold just so cold can be, I'm the greatest ever. Add to that legacy, or you can go for um Walter. Walter can just be like, see how much of an undeniable and unstoppable force I am. But whatever happens, you go WrestleMania weekend, you have Finn Balor challenge, and then you have Finn collect both belts. The prince has fully returned home and sits on both of his thrones. Interesting. Okay. Call me up, Hunter. I like see the aspect of that. And that's, that's like really long-term storytelling because Finn came back to pretty much state his dominance over the brand that he put on the map. If, he, if you have Finn Balor come out and actually win both NXT titles, UK and the world title NXT, that, that's a good story. Yeah, and what's dope is Finn can pull the double duty because they take a month, month and a half of NXT UK at a time. Right, right. So you can send Finn to the UK for a couple weeks build and flesh out everything over there, bring them back stateside as necessary. So I'm just saying, call me up, baby. Long-term storytelling. I am going to the Gato School of Booking for those of you that watch New Japan Wrestling, how they will plan things out a year in advance and slowly drop a seed here, a little bear come here, and then you're like, oh, shit, they were doing this the whole time. There you go, baby. We getting all the heavy hitters out of here. We're checking off everything. We're giving you what you want. It all makes sense. Does make sense. Does make sense. Cause yeah, you have Cole. I was the longest reigning ever. Walter can come through in that reign and be like, I'm the most dominant. And then Finn comes through and is like, I am the prince. Don't you forget about it. This is my house. Both brands. And he completes his manifest. He completes his destiny from when he returned. I like that. I like that a lot. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I'm sold. I'm sold on that. But in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, I don't, I don't know how we went on. That was a huge sidebar, by the way. 
wouldn't even um, sidebar. That was completely on topic. Was it on brand? Show. It was we, on topic for the show. Okay, it was it was on topic for the show. But what we have here is a feud that they're fleshing out with. It seems like the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, whatnot, and we got word that Adam Cole will be doing a live negotiation uh, on next week's NXT after the Undisputed Era pretty much got wiped out by Dexter Loomis and the Velveteen Dream. Dexter Loomis took the L. I think that was one of Roddy Strong's first actual wins in a while, man. He's been the punching bag for the Undisputed Era. Um, But he's also the workout horse. So he pretty much used... Dexter Loomis says brute force against him, got a roll up, but didn't escape that smoke because outside the <laughs> ring, he um, got put in that Anaconda vice choke and was in that choke this entire segment. Loomis was eating kicks to the face and did not let go of the choke. Let's talk about that because we're always so interested in this, what the hell is Dexter Loomis? And he just seems like that, that, that whole part of that angle was very Bray Wyatt fiend-like. It was like, I'm just going to eat everything, and you can't do nothing about it. Well, Dexter has come off as like this creep that you can't really phase. So it's own brand. So I get it. Okay. But yeah, it was um, And those were like legit kicks to the face, too. Super kicks. Like, eating them. Just... Okay, I'm not letting go of this hold at all. And then, which was what was interesting, and um, we talked about this the past few shows where it was this a cool off for Velveteen Dream. Are they going to keep him off programming? We found out that Velveteen Dream will return the favor, came Dexter Luma's aid, and took out uh, Bobby Fish as well as Adam Cole. So he's still in the middle of this feud. Adam Cole, 100%. Yeah, which I'll be honest, surprised the hell out of me because I was not expecting to see Velveteen. Same. Same. Um, caught me off guard. Whatever, we talked about the awkwardness of this and we've talked and lingered about axe handle smashes that take out several people <laughs> at a time. And Dream... Hits the ring, uh, takes out Fish. Um, he's in an Undisputed Era t-shirt, which we'll later see that he only had it on just to rip it off and show his t-shirt. So there's your WWEshop.com plug right there. What I wanted to flesh out is Dream super kicks Adam Cole up the guardrail then goes to hit the, uh, the Purple Rainmaker from the top rope over the guardrail. This is a pretty bad edit. <laughs> and I didn't see this when we were talking to Kel the other day, but when I went back and played it back, I must have been completely oblivious to the jump cut. How did you miss it? I, I, maybe I was just paying attention to the elbow drop, but the Velveteen Dream did not jump from the top of that uh, turnbuckle post to the outside of the guardrail. Instead, he jumps off a cuts and just shows him doing elbow drop, which lets me know he probably just perched on the guard row and jumped on Adam Cole. How I did not see that, (laughs) amazing the first time, because once you guys pointed out to me the other day on the pod, I went back and looked at it a few hours ago today, and I was like, oh, 
Oh wow, that's 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 really bad. That's really noticeable. Really bad. So I'm watch. I just rewatched it, and if you look at it, he kicks Cole over. He runs up the stairs, stands on the turnbuckle, poses, and for whatever reason, whoever thought that shoot it from the underneath angle did them no favors. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Because you're like, all right. And if you're watching this, you're like, realistically speaking, he could probably, well, he could definitely make that jump. Like, it's not that far of a jump. It's the landing that's the issue. Yeah. You don't want to take a bad fall, and you don't want to hurt yourself. It's all concrete. But, yeah, you could have spliced that in a little bit smoother from a different angle. And apparently, Loomis was a little bloody from one of those kicks. But just stand, steady sitting there, just stroking his hair. Yeah. So back to the creepy angle of Dexter Loomis too. It was he was petting Roderick Strong? Roderick Strong's had a tough year, man. <laughs> you know, he he had a man come back and lust after his wife in a full on cuck angle. Uh, had the man put his family and children on his ring gear, and now. You pretty much got beat up on, on, by another man and got got your head caressed, man. He's he, it, it might be time for Roderick Strong to just be rethinking this whole being a part of the undisputed era, man. He need, he needs a pay raise. <sighs> man, Roddy ain't going back to that trailer park. Roddy gonna stay right there. The undisputed era checks steady cashing. I'm just saying, man. It's, he's he's kind of getting a raw deal here with um, what's going on with him. Oh, there's no argument there. Totally undeserved. So where do we go from here? I mean, and it's kind of seems like it's obvious. It seems like we're going to get a run it back between Velveteen Dream as well as uh, Adam Cole for the title at In Your House Takeover Edition on June 7th. But what does that mean for Dexter Loomis, who still has beef with Undisputed Era? Do we get a two-on-one match with Roddy and – Roddy and uh, Bobby Fish versus Loomis, or what do we do with the rest of this? Maybe you get Fish against Loomis. Just Fish solo. Okay. I mean, you could do that. Hmm. I mean, which version of Bobby Fish are we really getting now? Uh, hmm, let's see. You, you ain't getting full, a little salt and pepper. You, you get salt and pepper. Okay, so not the full on gray, because full on gray undefeated. Yeah. So a little salt and pepper, just enough to be a threat. But just enough for Dexter Loomis to get his win back because he already lost to Roddy. Exactly. Okay. I can get on board with that. I can totally get on board with that. Just just enough for him to get a victory back. Basically, you get a victory back, and then if you want to set up a temporary Adam Cole a little bit, you got it. Yeah, okay. So this is – I mean, this is kind of – 
I mean, it's not lost in NXT, but this doesn't feel like the top of the card. No, it's a mid-card feud because Cole isn't the focus with Loomis. Well, no, I'm just saying all of it. Even the mix-up with – I'm talking about the mix-up with Loomis and Dream. Um, Undisputed Era having a problem with Loomis and Dream being outside looking in and wanting the title. I'm saying none of this feels like the top of the card. If you were to tell me – uh, this this pay per view is going to be on June seventh, and it's in your house. They're going full nostalgia with this. The top of the card, it feels like Cross and Champa. So say you might just close with Cross and Champa. Like it just feels like that is going to be the main event. Even and I'm I'm sorry. I, f- I felt like this for the past couple of weeks. Even before Champa said, "Welcome to the main event." It just feels like that's the bigger match. So time will tell, and we got we're going to have a contract signing s live negotiation in the middle of the ring where we know that it's going to lead and people getting beat up with William Regal next week. I don't even know why they do it. Um, something cool happened this week. What's that? What happened? We finally found our long-lost tag team. <laughs> Only Lorcan and Danny Birch came back, defeated the knockoff Young Bucks in pretty spectacular fashion, got them both to tap out. And now we have our babyface tag team to rival the Undisputed Era, rival the Punjabi Punishers, rival the Grizzle Young Veterans, and whomever else they want to throw because they're all heels. I present to you... Uh, well, I can't call them British Strong Style because that's, that's already taken. But you get the gist. Yeah. Lorcan and Birch. And also one half is American. True. I always forget that. Because they, yeah. Um, hard-hitting tag team. And we know that they're calling out Imperium because they did Imperium's pose, post-match. They even said that they are here, um, that they've been here for so long, and that it's, that it's time for them to collect what's always been theirs in the tag team titles. Do we see this feud actually, and I'm pretty sure this will culminate at In Your House, but do we see this feud getting legs the next couple of weeks? Um, do we see them actually finally getting the title push that they never got? No, because you just put belts on Imperium, and I just laid out this whole elaborate scenario you for did. Imperium. You did. We're going to get you paid for that. But you definitely can run this back a while with Birch and Orkin because also you don't have any other tag teams unless you go the route that Jeff said where it's just like, hey, I just want the belts. I'm a heel. You're a heel. I really don't care. Just give me the title belts. I have to beat you up for it. Like, You could totally go that route. That's it. That's all you got. But at least they're doing something with the division because the division – which is crazy. A division that's notoriously strong at all times just felt empty for about a month. It felt completely void of talent. So now at least we get this um, this rivalry with Lorcan and Birch taking on Imperium. And hard-hitting matches are what the NXT brand is all about. This will definitely be that. Um, do you have any thoughts on Everrise? Anything anything you see in their near future? Do you think they can be something here down the other, road? Other than a bootleg Young Buck? Young Bucks? 
Bucks of Youth. Bucks of Youth. Yeah, we got a we got a Hardy <laughs> reference on the Believe in AC podcast. I'm going to try to keep those to a minimum. Uh, what you thought I was just going to let the whole teleportation thing go because we haven't mentioned it in a few weeks? Oh my god! And there it is. There it is. Uh, I buried that deep in the depths of my brain. And now it's right at the frontal part of my forehead again. Just, <sighs> yep, teleportation. Supposed to buy teleportation as a thing. But, you know, we're not going to get into that, so I'll just leave it be. But, um, no, I just don't see anything other than a knockoff Bucks of Youth. But we got to build tag teams. We have to. They They got synchronized outfits, you know. I mean, they've been on our programming before a couple times. I mean, the worst what's the worst that could happen than them actually getting some type of push? Well, get your ass in the gym and get to building. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they, they, they don't appeal to the to the viewer thus far then. All right, so there's the obvious comparison to the young bucks. It is what it is. But you know how when you look at the Yum Bucks, they look generic, but you can tell that they're a parody and they don't take themselves serious? Okay. You look at Ever-Rise, and there's also a hyphen between Ever and Rise, which is really grinding my gears for some reason. But if you look at Ever-Rise, you like, oh, y'all are generic. Y'all are like, all right, so you ever play... SmackDown, No Mercy, um, any of the games back in the day as a kid growing up. And you know how you would create a wrestler and you would copy said create a wrestler to create another wrestler because you didn't want to do all the work again, but you would change a few things? Right. There you okay. go. That's Ever Rise. Mm. Let, let them cook for a little while, man. I, I, I think we're in a desperate time for tag teams and something's got to give well you are my what's the bottom tier chef in a lot what my line cook my prep chef like you need my sous chef like you 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 the apprentice chef here you here to cut the veggies and i don't like how you cut my peppers right now that's fair so i mean all right i'll give them time because we ain't got nothing but time nothing but time right now and something has to happen with the division to where it's one of those times where somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to step up. If nobody steps up, I am going to start a campaign for Ricochet and Cedric Alexander to be on NXT. Might as well bring Team Flippy Shit on down. They might as well come down, put on some great matches with Imperium. It just that it works. It completely works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of something that works. Cause I I got nothing else for Team Everrise. You, you done? Don't don't want to talk about them. I got nothing I else. We, I thought we could spend a little time there, but it's okay. No, we can spend some time there. What else you got? Oh no, it's fine. We we can just let it ride. I'm rooting for you guys, just like I root for our Black Jobber Elite. I'm sorry. Did you just put these two in the same category of our? Not the same category. Not the same us? category. You put them in the same group. You say we're rooting for them. I'm just rooting for them. I'm just rooting for them. Why, why can't I root for them? 
Yeah, but you said you're rooting for them like the Black Jobber Elite, which yes, make, the, let, which let's make tag team wrestling relevant again. Draws a comparison to, like you're saying, you root for them as much as you root for the Black Jobber Elite. Okay, I will, I will rephrase the sentence. I would like to see Everai succeed, not as much as I would like to see the Black Jobber Elite succeed. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I want to see you guys get some shine because the tag team division needs tag teams. Yeah, yeah. So you know, again, I'll I'll watch them. We'll see. That's all I got. Like we'll see. We'll see what's going on. I got nothing else for. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Just if you come out next week or next time on my TV. And you changed outfits, but they still look like the Young Bucks. Then um, I'm just gonna call you the Bambi Brothers from here on out, like the Bambi Boys. That that's what I'm gonna start calling Everrise if they come out looking like the Young Bucks again. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. So yeah. Nothing personal, but yeah, you're right. Tag team wrestling, the tag team division NXT needs a significant shot in the arm. Like I'm talking about that shot where like you haven't been out to the bar in a while. You walk in and you see a bunch of your friends and they instantly order like the strongest shot, just straight up. Hey, let me get a tequila shot. No rocks, no salt, no nothing. That's what the tag team division needs. Yeah, really does. Really does. Really bad. Yep. But that's enough of that. Let's get a little little more positive in here, I guess. And we can talk about it. my favorite woman in the women's div- in the women's division, Rhea Ripley. And that is you that that term favorite is said with the utmost sarcasm just to let everybody know heaviest code of sarcasm but yes huge amount of sarcasm in that Rhea Ripley took on Io Shirai in the main event and like we discussed Charlotte Flair rose up about halfway three quarters of the way through the match doesn't get involved just comes out to watch Eel head scissors Rhea into her, lays Charlotte out, and of course Charlotte gets up and just drops both of them. Because why not, right? She's Charlotte Flair. Exactly. Here's a big boot. Here's a spear. I'm gonna woo and hold my title belt up. But the most important thing to come from this is that we called it. They confirmed it earlier today. It's a trip of. Uh, it's a trip over. Wow. It's a triple threat at TakeOver for the women's title. Oh, it's all, okay. So I didn't see that. It was confirmed already. Yep. Interesting. Okay. I can get behind that. I can actually get behind that just because you want to keep everybody looking somewhat strong heading into this match. On top of that, you want. I guess you want to paint this picture of Rhea Ripley's redemption um, and the trail to get back to redemption because you you pretty much made her this really big hot star 
but simultaneously the legend of Io Shirai has been growing right beneath our feet every single week. So this only tells me one thing. Charlotte Flair ain't losing his damn title. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. I'm glad that they decided to put both ladies in the match. It'll probably be a really great match, takeover style. Um, but Charlotte is going to continue to be the champion for the foreseeable future. And I think it's the writings on the wall there. I think it makes sense, especially with this new, um, what do you call it? Light wash version of the wild card rule we got. They had Charlotte appearing on all three brands. If she's appearing on all three brands, you got to have some gold around her waist just to make her, I guess, look even more badass. I, I can see that's what they're trying to do right now. I read, I saw a tweet earlier where somebody's like, Charlotte has spent more time and more time in the ring on Raw and SmackDown than she has in NXT, which is allegedly her brand now. Absolutely. That's exactly what's happened. Like... And then I also saw a report earlier that was like, oh, some local TV guys have a triple threat match announced for Raw with Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Charlotte Flair to determine the number one contender to Asuka's title. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's not real. That, no way. I'm hoping that they change it. You know how things go with TV guys and match lineups, but Yeah, Charlotte ain't dropping that build at takeover though. No, and and, it, and it's sad that that's so easy um, to see, but hopefully it allows us to see that we already know that Io Shirai can hang with anybody on the roster, but hopefully it allows her to shine a little bit higher to where they don't they feel comfortable pulling the trigger with Io Shirai taking the title off Charlotte than Rhea Ripley down the road. But yeah, Charlotte spending more time in the other two brands does nothing for us uh, diehard NXT fans because she's supposed to be running the gauntlet of the deepest division in the company. Like, I you gave me Mia Yim. Give me Charlotte versus this new version of Candice LeRae. Give me Charlotte versus Raquel Gonzalez just for no reason. Give me Charlotte versus Chelsea Green. Give me Charlotte versus um, Aaliyah. I don't care. Just, just wrestle them all because they're there. Like, just run the gauntlet. I mean, you got the deepest women's division. You might as well. We've seen everything else a million and one times. Exactly. We've seen you feud with with Becky and Sasha and Bailey. We've, we've seen you ruin the allure of Asuka. I don't want to see it no more. <laughs> I don't. I want to... I want to see like Santana Garrett get like a, a roll up pin on Charlotte one week. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Let's just, just, just throw some salt in the fire. Let something random happen like that. Whoa. Let's take it back to one, two, three kid over Razor Ramon. Have, have like some upset happen that just jump starts somebody. You know what? That, that was flagrant. Let, let's rewind. Let's rewind. We won't edit that out. I meant what I said. But. Um, 
and it takes shots or sorry, take Shotzi Blackheart where I said Santana Garrett. Let Shotzi get some roll of victory over Charlotte to put Charlotte on notice and open her eyes to the division being so deep. Makes sense. <clears throat> it does. It's just wow. Santana wow. Santana Guerra was on the show this week and they gave her a very nice entrance but in hindsight I got to go with somebody who is already built up as a character so I will say Shotzi Blackheart I don't know I get it but just wow (sighs) (laughs) I'm, I'm speechless here. Speechless like, about the Santana gear. Speechless, like. Wow. Okay. Um, moving on then, since that left Jacob speechless, we had Damian Priest come out and explain why he attacked Finn Balor. Still don't like how we got here personally, but he's saying that titles will come during his time in NXT, but taking out somebody like Finn Balor who has put the NXT brand on the map means a lot more, which is why he's going to take, continue to take out Finn Balor, allow his name to live forever, and turn the Balor name into Ash. So this is another match that will probably be added to the NXT TakeOver In Your House card. And me and Jacob talked about this offline. I feel like Priest is in a lose-lose situation here. Yeah. But... I said again that if he looks good and even takes an L, you at least prove you can hang. I've never doubted Damian Priest could hang in the ring with these guys um, if given the opportunity. We've seen him on the takeover card before. He's looked like a, a million bucks in some of these matches, but a scorned Finn Balor, seems like the most deadliest thing in NXT. Now, we saw what he did to Johnny Gargano. Um, I see something like that happening. I see something completely one-sided, and I don't know where Damian Priest goes from here. Um, don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for Damian Priest to get the high-profile feud, and... I'm going to say this till I'm blue in the face. He should have been the one to get that second victory over Finn Balor other than Cameron Grimes because Cameron Grimes isn't going to do anything with it. Um, At least Damian Priest could have parlayed this into some type of um, title match or, you know, it just stresses me out. Um, Yeah, but that's Damian Priest. I think we tackled almost everything in NXT talk except for Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher and Thatcher challenging Matt Riddle um, to a match of his choice that doesn't have anything to do with any pinfalls. He doesn't want any fluke victories. He just wants a fight. Um, And Riddle says that he's accepting Thatcher's challenge and knows the perfect place. What is the perfect place, Jacob? What are we thinking? Um, Got to put him in the cage, right? I mean, they're both fighters. I think that's the one thing we haven't done with Matt Riddle and his time um, 
NXT is kind of throw it back to his cage fighting days. No pin, either knockout or tap out. So that's what's cool about this, but we can't do it in a steel cage, can we? No. Although part of me was like, oh, they're doing this in a steel cage. I don't think they're going to pull out an octagon. So I'm going to make a hot take now. I mean, I, I don't see why they couldn't pull out an octagon, though. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it's just like, I guess Vince could call Dana. I feel like the UFC and WWE have been in bed with each other a number of times over the Brock Lesnar stuff. Of course, uh, signing Ronda Rousey. Um, Both doing their shows in Florida now. I mean, why not have a match in one of these training facilities where the athletes go and use an octagon for a bit? Yeah, set it off to the side. Set it a different part of full sale. Sure, why not? All right, I'm in. This could be a cinematic match as well. Oh, God damn it. I'm out out just that quick. (laughs) No, I'm not saying, well, not the cinematics like uh, Money in the Bank or Boneyard match, but cinematic like uh, Gargano Ciampa, where it is a fight, but it's shot inside of a cage with that type of Hollywood effect. No, no, that cheapens the feel of a fight. Keep it gritty, keep it real. No need to try to be pretty with this. Okay. Make it very ugly then. Okay. Well, if it's not a, I'm 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 already talking myself into the cage 100. Even if it's the lion's den style cage, and I feel like they might not pull the trigger on it. Like, what if this is just like a parking lot brawl or a street fight? That's fine, but I feel like they're going to the lion's den cage. Like enough time has passed where nobody really remembers it. Right. When's the last time something like that's happened? Like brawl for all, like right around that time period. Okay. So it's been some time. Why not pull the trigger on that? I mean, I think it makes sense, especially and and this is what I love about takeovers. And in this time, it's like you can try some things and see what sticks, but you can kind of tell that they're going for it all with this in your house um, card. Now you got cross on the, on the pay-per-view card with one of your biggest stars in the brand and Ciampa. We're going to get the couples, Keith Lee and Yim versus Johnny and Candice. Uh, you're you're going to get a triple threat with EO, Charlotte, Rhea, Priest and Balor. It's like, this is a stacked card if I've ever seen one. Yeah, it is a very heavy card, and it looks like it should deliver. I didn't even mention the tag team titles. You're probably going to have Imperium versus Lorcan and Birch. Like, I don't think you're going to rush that one. You don't think that'll make it to the card? Nah, I don't. I don't see it making it. Okay. Even if you don't, takeovers are normally what four to five matches. Yeah, five. Occasionally, you get one with six. Okay. So you got the women's title, you have the cruiserweight title. Well, here's the definitive confirmed the women's North American title. Or well, whatever Gargano and them are gonna be doing. And you have Cross. That's three. You assume the finals of the Cruiserweight tournament, that's four. You assume Thatcher and Riddle, that's five. 
you assume Velveteen has six. You leave off the tag titles. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah, if you lift the tag team titles off, still very stacked hard all the way. Oh, 100%. It should be one of the better takeovers. And you're saying no cinematic matches on the card? No reason to do a single match cinematically. Do I want to watch a fight between two people who can actually fight? Or do I want to sit here and watch Ali or Southpaw? (laughs) Oh, man. That's fair. I'll give you that. Because, I mean, the first, the first match blow off between those two guys, it was so good. And, if, and it looked and felt like such a real fight. Of course, you want to you wanna duplicate that however you can. Yeah, so just put them in a the cage. You don't even have to do rounds as far as I'm concerned. Just put them in a the cage and let them fight. No gloves, no nothing. Just let them fight. You stop it when one taps out or gets knocked out. Nice and simple. Yeah, I'm sold. No no cinematic there. Lion's Den would be dope. um, And I hope they do bring that back. I think that would be money. Uh, We're almost undoubtedly going to get Cole and Dream again. I think the Mixed Match Challenge is just the first level of the couples going against one another. And, yeah, I forgot all about the finals of the interim cruiserweight title, so that will be finished there. And I'm hoping that it's going to be Drake Maverick versus Phantasma. And hopefully they just, like, just give me what I want. Like, like that Phantasma is the crime mob boss of this whole thing. Like, let's just, let's just cut the crap. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get that, but it'll be all right. It'll be all right. I don't see why not. Just just, just go all the way with it. This man comes out of nowhere, then people start missing, but he don't get kidnapped. Yeah, 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 you're right. I can see that. This has so many legs there. Yeah, only time will tell. We have another two weeks to build. Two more episodes of NXT TV this coming up week. Like always, we'll hit you with that Wednesday preview. But we know we got a triple threat to determine who wins Group A. We have Cole and Regal having a live negotiation. And, you know, a few other things. But, you know, that's Wednesday. We just recap mm-hmm. this past week. Broke down everything for you like only we can because we are the podcast tag team champs. We covered Killer Cross. We covered the Cruiserweight Tourney. We covered a bunch of promos. We covered Shotzi Blackheart's promo. Roddy picking up a win and not taking an L. Covered. You know, I think about it. This NXT was kind of light on in-ring this week. Yeah, that's where you're right. There felt like there were so many things to, to build, but the matches itself were actually pretty quick. Yeah, Mia Yim's match was fast. Um, the tag team match was very fast. Killer Cross's match was very fast. Yep. Only thing that really went were the cruiserweight matches, Roddy, and the main event. Yep. So, yeah. 
It was a good week, building blocks. It always helps when you have a goal in sight, which is takeover in your house. So everything is shaping. They're not just like stuck in a holding pattern. So we'll be back to preview takeover in your house right before that comes. We'll give you the Wednesday preview, like I said. And Monday, Monday, Monday. That's right. You get a Monday episode from us, guys, which means, again, we have a guest. We got that nice call to interview with you. We're back to the corner with Kel Dansby. The man delivered hot takes, like I said in the intro. We talked everything. There's also a story about a barbecue shack, Ricochet running up a wall, and running into William Regal in the back door of a building, of a barbecue Other shack. Other thing is, um, everybody's going everybody's gonna to vilify this man, Kel Dansby, for comparing Nas to The Undertaker. Nah. Jacob reminded me that at the beginning of this pod. I'm not letting it go. That 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 comparison, we're not doing that. <laughs> so hey, that's Monday. All you gotta do is subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, wherever you get your podcast. So that way when that comes Monday morning, it'll go right to your phone, your tablet, your work computer, whatever device you choose. And all you got to do is just hit play once it downloads and you'll get it. And you can do that and you will get all of these quality episodes from us. So you don't have to go searching. You don't have to pull up Apple Podcasts and type in Believe in XT. No, just hit the subscribe button, man. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review or two stars or one and a half or one or three. Whatever you feel like we deserve. (coughs) Five, you know. um, Always five. You know, just leave that. Leave a comment. Share this podcast, please. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We appreciate you all here. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore J Dulles. Said is at said underscore says. That is C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. Of course, follow the podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, follow the podcast page on Twitter at Believe in XT. Nice and simple. And you know, that's it, man. We're a community. We talked about community with Sparks. That we are all here. We can all eat from the same pie, from the same table. And we're all here to grow together. Yep. You grow, we grow. We build as a wrestling community. One of the most powerful communities that there is is a wrestling community. And we all love the same stuff. Just like Kel said, um, dare to be great at all times. Let's not criticize the product. Let's just love the product for what it is. Day in, day out. It's always going to change. We're always going to keep watching. So let's just keep loving what we're watching. Exactly. That doesn't mean you can't sit here and, you know, talk about how things aren't delivering, but you just can't be critical just because you just don't like something you want to be critical. Exactly. That's where the difference is. Except for Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes trash. I'm going to get that off every week. (laughs) (sighs) And on that, no, he's not. No, he's not. (laughs) There was a strong five episode stretch in like late February where we were pushing a Manscaped sponsorship because said wanted to run around Tampa and try to shave Cameron Grimes. Exactly. So no, he's not joking, but you know, that's all good. Because hey, we give hot takes. Kel, you ain't the only one that can do hot takes, see that? Right. Right. 
you might be the man of a thousand one hot takes, but you know, I, I got about a dozen, a couple dozen in me, you know, <laughs> I'm growing. Yeah, I'm going to need 10% on that merch now. I'm going to need 10 instead of 5. I'm going to need 10%. I gave him two party joints. Two years in a row, Kel. Two years in a row. So for those of you that might not know, I interviewed Kel like a year ago for a reasonable conversation. So go check that out. It is available on stillcrew.com. All you got to do is go to stillcrew.com. Type in a reasonable conversation on the search bar. I'm going to throw it on my Twitter this weekend. Retweet it a couple times ahead of the drop with Kel. So go check that out. Kel tells his story of how he's gone from former college athlete to broken homeless for essentially to working at Black Sports Online to starting the corner podcast to now being at ESPN. Which is funny because when I interviewed Kel, I think he may have already known, but a week later he announced that he was taking a job at ESPN after our interview was published. And he was like, oh, I'm going to ESPN. I will end up at ESPN somehow. So shout out to Kel for coming through. Y'all go check that interview. I called him a human hot take machine. I called him a man of a thousand and one hot take. I want my money. Put that Kel, on a t-shirt. WWE, trips. I need it all. I'm coming for all of y'all. Because uh, somebody listening. Somebody is listening. While somebody's listening, the Believe in NXT podcast is collecting. Matter of fact, I'm going to steal that. I'm still we Lil Rush, you're not with WWE no more. We're still in that. I came here to collect. We, we, we're taking that. We are taking that slogan. And there you go. That's why we're the podcast tag team champs. And uh, I, I hear the music playing, which means it's the go home cue, which means it's time for us to get up out of here. You got anything else for the nice people, man? I'm good. I'm good. We'll be back with you guys for the Saturday morning audio dope and with the Kelly interview on Monday. Exactly. So until next time, I'm Jacob. That's it. Um, and we out. Yep.